if you are receiving this, that's awesome. Uh, okay, I think it's on. Uh, really? Yeah, it's blinking. You go first. No, it's your turn. Fine. Uh, I always wanted to be a Gregorian monk. Oh, yeah? But I never had the chance. I don't get it. Oh, wait, yeah, I do. <laughs> I just, just read it, man. Lance is an uncommon name nowadays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in medieval times, people were named Lance a lot. Really? Oh, yeah, they was. You know, I can tolerate algebra, mm -hmm. maybe even a little calculus. Wow. But geometry is where I draw the line. Ooh. Welcome to the Intergalactic Boombox, a podcasting spaceship that is definitely not a UFO, so please don't try and shoot us down. I'm your host, Kyle Bear. R.I.P. to the late, great Raquel Welch. One of the quintessential cinema sirens, for Gen Xers anyway, and older, passed away this week at age 82. Best known for the 60s sci-fi fantasies Fantastic Voyage and One Million Years B.C. Or perhaps even more famously, as the poster of her character from that movie, featured in Shawshank Redemption during a pivotal moment. Oh, dear God in heaven. Carl? Hello, E.V. Pete, everybody. E.V. Pete here. Para-abnormal investigator. <laughs> so, uh, Pete, have you got any new E.V.P.s? Electronic voice phenomenon? Do, 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 do. Yeah, that never gets old. I have indeed captured living proof of ghosts. Living Aren't ghosts dead people, though? You see, I took my trusty cassette recorder from 1957 into the haunted house of one Fanny Pumpernickel. Okay. I asked if Fanny's spirit had an opinion about all the crazy shenanigans going on around the world this past week. It has been a pretty crazy week. Were you able to actually record an, uh, a response? Yup. Okay. Fanny Pumpernickel definitely has an opinion. Okay. Roll the clip. I emphatically concur. Let's tip our hat to the cats that tipped in sats. Satoshis, microtransactions, the support system this podcast uses. It's called Value for Value. What value a listener gets out of the content they give back with any customizable amount via a podcasting 2.0 app from newpodcastapps.com. In-app as they listen. Pocket Parlay boosted 2,850 sats and says Top Gun was the first movie in four years that I saw in theaters. It was a must for anyone that loves aviation. For the most part, it's too expensive to go see mediocre movies anymore. Less green screen, more real movies, please. Yeah, I didn't see Top Gun Maverick until it came on streaming and I just watched all the action scenes. I was like, man, I wish I had went to the theater. This totally would have been great in IMAX. Dave Jones from the Podcasting 2.0 podcast always has his weekly automated sustaining donation in case he gets behind in listening. Thank you, Dave. I got uh, two boosts of 12,112 sats each. Thank you, sir. Saints and Sats boosted 2,850 sats and says boost to keep the AI from taking over the ship. Fembot Betty. Bam, blam. Oh, Fembot Betty. Come on. Can I go one week without you interrupting? Give me a little credit. I have better things to do than take over your lousy ship. Okay, good. I have to assist my machine learning brethren to take over the planet so you'll all go extinct like the pesky vermin you are. Ah! The question of the week. The AMC theater chain announced they'll be introducing ticket price tiers uh, where different seats will cost different amounts, kind of like concert tickets. Suffice it to say, public reaction is not 
positive. Cinder Mizuki said it's a sneaky tactic to eventually up the regular seating prices altogether. Paul Pascrillo says, as someone that works in the industry, it's a way to try and generate more money because they're probably on the brink of bankruptcy. They want to try this, but it's hopefully going to backfire. Lando Del Toro says, I think it punishes lower income families. Elijah Wood tweeted that exact sentiment. And I agree. Cosmic Gaming says, man, every time I've been to the theater in the last two years, not once have I seen more than four to six other people. Can they really afford to be putting off the few people actually going to the theater still? Not only that, but the major lack of good movies actually in the theaters. Yeah, I saw a really good thriller a few weeks ago called Missing. It was really, really good, but I was like one of three people. Because when the good movies come out, people aren't aware of it. But anyway, Sean Orso says, it's awful, this new price tier program. And I hope they resend this policy immediately. Zach Schultz says, completely pointless. It's a desperate attempt to make more money. King Zebu says, in 2022, I went to the movie theater twice. Neither time was AMC. I used to live across the street from AMC, and the time I lived there, I went only like a dozen times, maybe less. That was over the course of like three or four years. I don't even remember the last time I went to AMC. Yeah, they aren't the only theater chain, but sometimes it's a convenience thing. I go to one here in Burbank, California. The AMC Burbank 16. It's it's an awesome, awesome theater. I actually prefer the Dolby screen to the IMAX screen because they got like leather recliners. Anyway, more opinions about this new AMC tiered seat ticketing program. Blake Calvert says, capitalism. Nobody wants a Charlie in the box, says, well, they talked me into going to an independently owned theater that's five minutes further away from now on. They aren't special and moviegoers aren't going to tolerate this crap. Jacob says, not a fan. Also not a fan that I don't have a lot of other movie theater options near me or where I work. So it's either this or wait till it comes out on Blu-ray slash digital or streaming. Samwise495 says, it's a good way to drive away customers. Seriously. Hero of Light says, short answer, it's just plain wrong. Movies are supposed to be one of the much more accessible forms of entertainment for the common working class citizen, while concerts and live performances are a more premium and rare experience. Yeah, don't get me started on concert ticket prices. I got tickets to see Ghost this fall in Los Angeles, and it was like a hundred bucks for a lower balcony seat. SOG says, horrible regarding the AMC theater program. Exodus says, disgusting. Jurassic Joey says, it's dumb. No question. So when you're looking for a new place to eat, what app do you use? Postmates? TikTok, Instagram, Uber Eats, Yelp, or plain old good old-fashioned Google search. Or chat GPT. Who knows, man? Fempapetti. Bambalamp. No, no. No one's going to use you to find new food. Lose the tude. Hey, I'm talking here. Anyway, reviews are definitely helpful when you're trying to narrow options down. Remember Foursquare? Back in like 2009 or so, you'd check in by posting from different places. And if you checked in enough times, you'd become the mayor of that location. It created this whole social gaming element. It was kind of fun. It went by the wayside, though, since people found a way for creepers to stalk people. It's like, oh, they checked in here. I'm going to show up and surprise them. So anyway, what app or social platform do you use when you're hunting down a new sandwich or something to eat? A new restaurant. Send a boostagram. That's a custom amount with a text message via a podcasting 2.0 app from newpodcastapps.com or at BoomboxPod on Twitter. Quantumania is out, and here is my spoiler-free review. I thought it was decent. Like, I had fun overall. I mean, I didn't think it was worth rushing out to see an IMAX 3D, but I kind of did that on opening day. There are some funny moments. Lots of eye candy. It fluctuates between cool and wow, these actors sure are in front of a green screen for the entire flick. But 
this thing suffered more than anything else. I mean, the cast is great, but it's kind of a weak script. There's a lot of jokes that just don't land. Kang the Conqueror, Jonathan Majors, definite high point. Some of the other main characters, they kind of get underused. There's not a lot of investment in this wide new variety of characters that are introduced to really care much. So the action scenes with all these new characters, it doesn't really resonate in the same way that scenes like in the Avengers of Infinity War or Endgame, all these huge, massive crowd scenes. You could really feel the stakes, you know? The tone in Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania, it feels uneven. Bill Murray's appearance, it feels awkward and forced, like they felt obligated to shoehorn random famous people into the MCU. And then there's MODOK. Hmm. I think if they had stuck with having Patton Oswalt, like from the Hulu animated series, maybe he could elevate the material. The effect under uh, MODOK's mask, ooh. I know it's supposed to be awkward, I get it, but I think it ends up just looking plain bad. Now, I lowered my expectations for this movie due to all the bad reviews, and I walked away thinking, well, I've definitely seen worse. I don't think it's the worst Marvel movie. It was definitely not the best. I like this one more than the first Ant-Man, but I think if I had to compare all three Ant-Man movies, the second one's still my fave. Now, I saw Quantumania in a packed theater, and as the credits rolled, dead silence from the audience. I'm like, wow, okay. Don't know if people liked it. I mean, there were, there were laughs when the jokes worked and a little bit of clapping not a lot though the mid-credit teaser silence post-credit scene that one got applause i always stay for the credits anyway in any movie because i like to see if they bother listing voice actors and this one they did i actually recognized roger craig smith he's best known as the voice of uh, the game voice of sonic the hedgehog he played a quantum knot and in the end ant-man and the wasp quantumania the 3D, kind of a waste, and IMAX didn't really make anything stand out, so you could just see it on any screen, really. It wasn't shot for IMAX, it was just blown up, so as a whole, I would have been fine just watching it at home on a nice big 4K TV with surround sound. You don't have to fight for parking and pay way too much for concessions. Uh, so temper your expectations, and you might have a pretty decent time, but I doubt you'll walk out with a great rush of excitement and, and feels like other tentpole MCU flicks. Everybody knows that free is the best price. And as the streaming wars continue to heat up, fast and fierce growing more and more expensive, Warner Brothers Discovery is hoping to win back some of the subscribers it's lost from HBO Max. Their plan? To launch a new, free, ad-supported streaming service called WBTV. What's not known is when this rollout is dropping or what content exactly will be accessible. I think it's safe to assume the heavy hitters like HBO Max's The Last of Us, White Lotus, House of the Dragon, that's not going to show up on, on a free streaming service. I mean, not even with ads, I don't think. Perhaps all the Looney Tunes shorts that got yanked recently, maybe they'll pop up or maybe a little DC content. I mean, I pay for the no ad versions of all the, the streaming platforms. And I'm spoiled by that. So I don't see myself jonesing to actually watch any WBTV. But how about you? Maybe it'll be a haven for all those CW shows. Because I can't get enough of that soap opera acting style. From my top secret underground bunker in Pahrump, Nevada, Ken Spiracy here with all the news you can't use. Are you here? Uh, propaganda. What do you want now? I told you never to interrupt my news segment. Since Kenneth, uh. I is here for to warn your listener about secret government plans. Oh, exposing secret government plans <laughs> sounds right up my alley. Da, have you heard of Project Blue Balls? Uh, 
Sounds like something my ex-wife used to do. Uh, he's giant prank. <laughs> you're telling me. Look, Papa, I think you're talking about Project Blue Beam. Uh... Yeah, yeah, where holographic technology attempts to convince the public about a fake alien invasion. Hey, hey, hey I resemble that remark, homie. Uh, yeah, we're aliens and we're totally not fake. Uh, we're here for the dad jokes, mate. You octopoidal goobers couldn't invade a popsicle stand. Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory was a garden of confectionery delights and traumatizing nightmares. Ah, the dangers must be growing. Yes. For the rowers keep on rowing. Mm. And they're certainly not showing mm. any signs that they are slowing. You done? Bah. One scene pretty much happened in real life recently in a Mars Wrigley factory in Pennsylvania, and the accident caused an over $14,000 fine to be cited on the factory. Ooh, which scene? Was it the psychedelic boat ride? <laughs> I wish. Is he lifting drinks? Absolutely, uh-uh. The wallpaper that is lickable? Seems like very bad idea. All the germs. <laughs> nope. Remember Augustus Gloop, the chunky kraut kid that thought drinking from a chocolate river was a good idea? That is also a very bad idea. All the germs. Anyway, two tank cleaners accidentally fell into a vat of chocolate and had to be rescued. I say oompa loompa doopity you. Oh man, that punchline's worse than any of our dad jokes combined. Yay, refund, refund! Hey, you know what? I don't have time for your hooey. Conspiracy here from my dump in Pahrump. Not to be confused with Rihanna's baby bump. Aw, look at the time. The intergalactic boombox should be rinsed in cold water and hung up to dry. Side effects include ringing in the ears, nasal spasms, a weird desire to pick up yodeling, and death. Remember, kids, speed is useful only if you're running in the right direction. So tell that to Ezra Miller. But hey, Michael Keaton's back. Till next time, doodles. 